Coming up on Podcast 1555, heavy discounts for Chevy Bolt owners as the configurator goes live for the 2023 model. Stick around, I'll tell you what I know. Also on the show today, Fisker start making more prototypes, VinFast start hiring more employees, and why EVs are cheaper to service. We have a percentage compared to uh, combustion cars. Those stories and a lot more coming up on your Sunday edition of the podcast. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information. It's the weekend, Sunday 7th of August. It's Martin Lee here, and I go through every EV story so you don't have to, and I'll give my big Patreon thanks to everyone who is an exec producer and above at the end of the show, as we do on Sundays. Well, news about the 2023 Chevy Bolt began rolling off the production line Uh, A couple of weeks ago on July 21st, and to coincide with the launch, we hear from GM Authority website that GM's gone live with the configurator for the 2023 Bolt EV and the Bolt EUV. That allows prospective buyers to equip the vehicle with different features and options and look at the pricing of their preferred spec, and that's important because GM will also change some of the options. They're sort of tinkering around the edges, really, like you know, illuminated charge port and dropping certain colours. But more importantly, whatever colour you spec it with, the new radiant red metallic, maybe, you'll see that the price of the vehicle has been lowered by $5,900. Now, the Bolt was already a bit of a steal anyway, but to take $6,000 off the Bolt on a car that has a great spec when you compare it to cars in that price range, especially if you are going to be getting the $7,500 federal tax credit next year if it applies. We're not quite sure uh, from the 1st of January because GM get it back, but also... Do they because of batteries and China supply? But we'll work on that on a different on a different podcast. But even then, without the federal tax credit, but also maybe some state rebates, an amazing, amazing price on that car with a 65 kilowatt hour battery and 259 miles of range on a single charge. And of course, that's what it's all about. It's the battery. It's the battery problems they had. And it's the potential of those battery fires that caused all those cars to be recalled. Uh, Not the new ones, obviously, but the previous ones. And that's given the reputation a dent, uh, which is why they had to spend a ton of money advertising the Bolt. As of a few weeks ago, it's the second biggest um, brand they advertise behind the Silverado truck and also the Bolt EUV, which is a bit bigger, a bit heavier, and 247 miles of range rather than 259 miles of range. The marketing boss of Chevy, Steve Mahoros, says uh, that the Bolt will reach record high sales this year as they put all of their weight behind it. Uh, the previous high was 2017. It was a while ago now. It's about 23,500 vehicles they sold in one year, but it's not been that since 2017. And, you know, I think before they retire the Bolt, they'll give it a really big push. But look, yes, it's not the best. Yes, it's not built on the Ultium technology and platform and batteries. But look, who cares? Because if you need an EV to do 50 miles a day, 100 miles a day occasionally, you know, 150 mile a day commute, 75 miles each way, like that's rare, but it's not unheard of, then it's absolutely going to soak this up with no problems at all. You can add some elevation in, you can add some cold weather, and it's going to soak all of that up. And maybe occasionally you do a few cross-country road trips. Well, this is not going to be the fastest charging car. And yes, if you're going to charge it all the way to 100%, you're going to be waiting about three weeks. But the point is, choose a car that does the job you want it to do within your budget. And this is going to be within so many people's budgets. I love it. I get so excited about the Bolt. And I, that might be because I ignored it for so long, because I, you know, this is a British 
podcast. We don't get the car here. And I, it was just not on my radar for a long time until maybe all of the, the battery problems and then giving it really serious consideration because nearly every Bolt and Volt owner, uh, listener that I have in the US that emailed me and be like, look, we love our cars. And uh, and it was a bit of a blind spot for me for ages, but it's such an amazing, you know, amazing vehicle for the price. Of course, it's not a, you know, a Model S Plaid or a Porsche Taycan, which some people seem to want to compare EV to EV because they're all electric at the end of the day. And it's like, well, they're both electric cars. Right. So you're comparing a five bedroom house to a one bedroom, you know, flat. But there you go. Right. Pop a link to GM Authority in the show notes if you'd like to read more. The new Jeep that's going electric has been caught undisguised in some spy photos. Well, you know, when I say spy photos, you might think the typical spy photo with the camo around it. It's not. There was a photo shoot for some advertising they're doing, and, and somebody took a photo, and it ended up on the internet. Uh, and a lot we don't know about Stellantis's new all-electric Jeep. 2023 model year, uh, we don't know the specs, we haven't got the price, and we don't even know what it will be called according to this article. But we do know that it will, uh, what it will look like, because according to Clean Technica, a, clear, a keen-eyed photog- a photographer was able to snap paparazzi-style shots during an advertising photo shoot in Portugal uh, for the 80th anniversary of Jeep, which will be in 2025. They'll kick off their celebrations uh, with more electric vehicles with the brand CEO, Christian Munier, saying that by their 80th anniversary in two years' time, there will be a fully electric Jeep in every segment. And they're going to start with this slightly smaller vehicle. The front end is a closed-off grille, so very EV-style, you know, Ford F-150 truck-style or Rivians, but obviously it's a much smaller vehicle. But the grille of the Jeep is closed off for aero. Don't need to get air into an engine to then combust it. Uh, and there's the two lower grills visible for a bit of, you know, uh, systems cooling. There's a shallow windscreen and a shallower than the Renegade, if you can picture that. And the headlight design, the front bumper looks like the original spy shots that we saw. It's obviously a junior Jeep, as they call it in Auto Express. Uh, They say that the junior Jeep has chunky wheel arches with plastic cladding. The window line is broken up by a shark fin rear pillar, and there's a contrasting black roof. Auto Express say the rear light clusters and lighting signature are unchanged from the images of the concept, and there's no exhaust pipe protruding, so we know this is the pure electric version. But what tech have they got in their locker? Well, Stellantis do have the ECMP platform. Let me put that in real language. So the Peugeot E208, 2008, the Corsa, the uh, Corsa E rather, the Mocha E, all using this platform. Now, it's good. I mean, it's not, the thing is, it's not exceptional, but does the electric Jeep need to be? exceptional so the spec on those cars in terms of the tech they've got in their locker at the minute until their new stla platforms arrive in the middle of the decade and there's four of those um which are the custom ev platforms these are uh 50 kilowatt hour battery which is normally plenty for that kind of segment Uh, it is a 100 kilowatt motor and 100 kilowatt dc fast charging peak which again is normally uh, about right. So those kind of Opals, Vauxhalls, Peugeot, Citroëns that that have that spec. You know, a lot of people who own those cars think it's you know it's not cutting edge, but it does the job. I wonder if it'll be good enough for a Jeep, but we'll wait and see. Honestly, Jeep is a bit of a blind spot for me because 
the Jeeps that I see rolling around, I've got like no, like the Grand Cherokee, I've got no interest in. But this, this baby Jeep, looks really cool and uh, kind of reminds me of, of why I used to love the Jeep in maybe the 80s, ni- early 90s, that brand, um, and the reputation that it had before it all sort of went a bit mushy and I've got no interest really. But uh, yeah, I'd absolutely love to have a look at one of those vehicles up close. Now, Fisker really interests me. I don't talk about Fisker a lot because there's so many car companies coming with product that until they ship product, I try and not give them too much airtime because I get a lot of press releases from, hey, this is the next big thing. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been list- I've been hearing that for almost five years on this podcast. So you ship a product, I'll talk about it. But Fisker seems to be the real deal. Uh, they have reconfirmed 17th of November, start of production by the company Magna. 5,000 pre-orders are sold out for the Fisker Ocean 1. And those 5,000 pre-order uh, buyers have put in $5,000. And like I told you recently on the podcast, if you want to give a startup five grand as a down payment, it's not a deposit, it's a down payment on the vehicle. Um, You're very trusting, but let's hope that they come through and don't stiff you. Fisker, a public company now, got a few quid in the bank, got 56,000 reservations, uh, which is up from 45,000 reservations three months ago and 31,000 a year ago. um, Oh, sorry, at the end of last year, Magna has built 55 of them so far and uh, Magna will build more additional prototype vehicles between now and start of series production. That's for testing, uh, crash testing, powertrain testing, uh, high and low speed features, they say, and uh, things like the... Uh, autonomous driving system so yep good luck there to the team at fisker i hope you bring the car to market i hope that if you've got a deposit in for one now i from the press release that i've probably was a year ago or something it did say that the first cars entering the uk market will go to the car subscription company onto now i've had onto cars before uh, they sent me cars for free uh, for review on the podcast and, I, and and then i became a paying customer after that uh, and i had rob uh, rob jolly uh, co-founder on this podcast. Really great Saturday special interview uh, a little while ago now, actually. Uh, what a fascinating uh, guy he is. Uh, subscription companies seem to work really well in the world of electric vehicles. On to are going to get the first Fisker Oceans in the UK, but I don't know whether that means they'll get the first ones, then a week later, uh, retail buyers get them, or on to will get them for subscription, and then a year later, retail buyers get them in the UK. And it's right-hand drive anyway, so we'll, we'll be behind. But I don't know what the delay will be, but the press release did say that on to will get the first ones but they didn't make clear how long the rest of us have to wait. Fisker Ocean, not a cheap... They talk a lot about their, you know, less than $40,000 price tag. That's not the price tag of the the, the launch edition Fisker Ocean one, but still, um, I still think a fantastic vehicle if you are getting one. Right, coming up on the podcast soon, we'll talk um, a little bit uh, about EV servicing, how it's cheaper, and driving your EV around Lake Michigan is going to get easier around the shoreline with a big, big plan. Stick around. Those details are on the way. Now let's talk VinFast. Vietnam's VinFast is hiring employees. Another company that have got grand plans say they're coming to shake up the EV market. And again, a company that I have been, well, I've been cautious because, again, they make a lot of noise, but they seem to be the real deal. They're hiring 8,000 employees back home in Vietnam to ramp up production of their first battery-powered SUVs to sell in the United States by the end of this year. The plant will produce up to 250,000 cars a year, and VinFast expects to upgrade that to 600,000 by 
2026. Uh, they're building a plant in North Carolina, and the initial production there is 150,000 EVs every single year. They seem to have uh, the money to put 7,500 jobs into the US economy to buy the bits, the batteries, the supply chains they need. I mean, it's fabulously hard. It, and when I say VinFast, backed by Vin Group and or VinFast Group, and then um, that is ultimately backed by Vietnam. So, you know, they're probably okay for cash, but good luck. Fabulously hard uh, to bring one, let alone three EVs, to market. But from the people who I know who have had dealings with them, um, and uh, be careful what I say, but though certain friends of uh, people I know who are, should we call them influencers? We call them, we call them influencers and journalists as well. Vinfast are not afraid to put their money where their mouth is, let's say, and pay for coverage, which obviously doesn't happen on this show because we're funded by Patreon and you, the listener, um, which which retains our independence. Uh, I certainly, and, you know, somebody could offer me as much money as they want. I wouldn't say nice things about their car just to be, for, to be paid to say nice things about their car. But uh, they're certainly very keen to make a big splash from the things that I know that are happening. Right, let's talk about, about a little bit about battery electric cars and why they're cheaper to service than combustion cars. The average transaction value for servicing fully electric cars is around 22% less than the equivalent fossil car, according to the UK's Fleet Assist. They have been looking at servicing and maintenance trends based on the data so far in the first half of the year. And you might ask, how big is the sample size? It's not bad, actually. Eight 850,000 fleet vehicles using their 5,200 strong franchised garage network. And they say that EVs are on average 22% cheaper. I would say they're much cheaper to service. But still, in terms of the fleets that are out there, uh, reduced labor times, save money. Um, labor times 33% less than combustion. And parts are 28% cheaper than combustion. Typical uh, parts being replaced in an average EV. In fleets, at least, pollen filters, bulbs, key fob batteries, wipers, and brake fluid. None of that is going to break the bank. You know, putting a new little CR thing, key fob battery in, uh, you normally get about four of those for about two quid in Ikea. I think the pricing's going to be pretty low. Garages are starting to come to terms already with the fact that EVs impact their servicing revenues and workshop traffic in the longer run. And, you know, garages have actually had a tough time because people are moving to EV. There's less servicing there. We've gone through two years of lockdowns. A lot of people are now working hybrid or less in the office, so people are doing less miles. Like, the average mileage driven over the last two years is drastically down on what it was pre-COVID. So you've got people not driving their combustion cars as much, more people driving EVs. And the garage business is having uh, certainly a, a significant impact on their servicing revenues, and that's one to be uh, to keep an eye on that. Uh, now let's talk a little about Lake Michigan's shoreline will become an electric Route 66, according to MLive.com. Scenic road trips are getting supercharged as the Midwest works to create an electric route along Lake Michigan's shoreline. The Lake Michigan EV circuit will be a network of EV chargers of a thousand miles of drivable shoreline around Lake Michigan. The circuit announced by Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, the Indiana governor, the Illinois governor, and the Wisconsin governor as well agreeing to build and maintain a charging network all around the shoreline. The circuit is being dubbed Electric Route 66 by EV drivers taking part in ecotourism. The key to the partnership will be the reliable chargers, they say. At coastal communities, lighthouses, state parks, breweries, vineyards, 
restaurants and small businesses. I'll pop a link to MLive.com in the show notes. And that is your podcast for today, my friends. Thank you very much to everyone who supports this show. It funds the show. It pays the bills of this show. Anyway, it's certainly not cheap to carry on streaming so many podcasts as as it grows all the time. Uh, And the time it takes me to do this as well. Thank you very much to everyone on Patreon. And that keeps the show free for everyone else, by the way. Now, of course, if you're listening to the free version, you get the occasional advert. And I'm sorry about that, but it does pay the bills. We have to do it. Um, But everyone on Patreon gets their ad-free feed. In your Patreon dashboard, you get your ad-free feed. So you plug that into your podcast app. It's like a copy-paste thing. And then it'll download the ad-free version. And thanks to our premium partners who you hear me say every day. Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Aldi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley, who has his EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Juice, they make public, public charging simple with one card, one map, one app. The app is a great download to have on your phone. Just search Electric Juice inside your app uh, store, whether it's Apple or Google, and uh, make sure you get it. And uh, you've got your... Obviously, I'm with Octopus Energy. Many people know that anyway. Um, And so I just logged into it with my Octopus Energy account, my username and password. Um, And in there, you can look after your juice cards because you get an RFID card if you want, but also... The map is great because the map will show you where all your charges are, but you can filter it out to just the electric juice chargers, and that's great. So whether it's you know a Lego or Eon or Fastned or Ionity or Mer, there's loads of Mers around here. I don't know why they've picked Bournemouth and Pool to, to to arrive in the UK, but the Mer chargers are great. Um, Osprey. Shell Recharge, Ebertricity, Porsche, loads of networks now. And, of course, it all just bills through your home electric account, which is great because I'm paying one bill anyway uh, to keep my lights on and heat the house or cool it this time of year. And so I might as well pay for my car charging through my Lecky bill. And it works brilliantly. Uh, thanks to all of our partners, David and Lisa Allen. Thank you, guys. Yuka Kukunen from Shift2Electric.com with the number two. Hi to Rajiv Narayan, Michael Lumley. And you can get battery reports for EVs at RecurrentAuto.com. And I'm seeing more and more people talking about Recurrent auto on my social feeds as well asking about certain cars check out recurrentauto.com and a quick mention as always for all of our exec producers adam bruton adrian bond alan shed alex panahini alexander frank anders hove andrea jefferson andrew luoma andy nancaro and lillian cass asir khalid bjorn fuchstack bill calhoun blaine mckinney blunderbuss jones brian o'leary brian thompson bruce bohannon chad lane charles hall christopher bath colin hennessy and cam zv uh, craig rogers david dysart david finch david partington david prescott and dcev ed Cortine, eddie regassa eric hansen eric uh erukuni nyombi frederick rovic gene rubin george chotrolo grant and smith henrik Light- and Ian Waddy Watkins, Ian Griffiths, Ian Sear, Jack Oakley, Jacob Kuhn, James Store, Javier Camalo Diaz Perez, Jim Morris, John Schroeder, and John Vandervoort. John, who is Beardy McBeardfacer, Ken TV's, John Manchek, Juan Gonzalez, Kester Sandback, Kevin Merson, Lawrence D. Allen, and Lee Brown. Luke Cully, Marcel Ward, Marty Young, Matty Yukimo, Mike Winter, Mike Wise, Nathan Gore Brown, Nathan King, Nathaniel Freeman, and Neely Roberts from Sussex TV's. Ohad Aston, Paul Stevenson, Pete Brammy, Pete Glass, Pete Gordon, Peter and D. Roberts, Peter Reiner, Phil Mouche, uh, Philip Troutman, Raj Badwell, Raymond Rowledge, Realtors Choice Photography, Rene Kimmick, Rob from the RS Things TV channel on YouTube, Robbie NY, Robert Grace, Ron Fisher, Rupert Mitchell, Saki Payne, Stephen Penn, Steve John, The Plug Seekers, EV YouTube channel, Thomas Cook, Thomas J. Tears, Timothy Phillips, Tyler Voss, and Vote Josh Outs, who has just ended his 
uh, support, which is amazing because people come and go and people always send me an email being like, oh, you know, things have changed or, you know, well, I'm supporting other creators or whatever. And uh, and people are almost apologetic when they stop Patreon. But you don't need to be. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, the fact that you, people sign on for one month is amazing. But I've had supporters for like four years, which also blows my mind. So honestly, it's cool. It's okay. Uh, thank you very much to everyone uh, who starts and stops Patreon. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.